You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Now this month again, we're looking at uh, parable. There's actually actually 57 recorded parables in the New Testament Gospels. And now if you count uh, the rich man and Lazarus, uh, you can take one off and be 56. Some debate is out there about that, whether it's a parable or a real story. And it's probably a real story, but it could also be used as a parable. But nevertheless, there's a lot of them, and, and some gospel accounts have uh, the same parable in. So, but, uh, so like the parable of the soul, we see that in three of the gospels. But uh, we're looking at the parable of the seed, in particular, the mustard seed. And I actually brought some mustard seed with me. And um, so I, I thought maybe I could pass these out or something. I, I'm not sure what I'm going to actually do with this at this point. But they're pretty tiny seeds. And so we're going to find out a little bit about that in just a moment. Um, we're looking at the parables of Jesus really to determine their relevance in our lives because they have relevance in our lives. It's important, I believe, that we relate to the life teachings of Jesus to really address real life issues. And really uh, concerning the challenges that we face. And it's coming from the greatest teacher that ever lived and ever existed, Jesus. It's our desire for people at Refuge uh, to encounter Jesus. And, and through his teachings, through the parables, I believe that we can gain understanding of important life principles and a connection to Jesus. Now, according to dictionary.com, A parable is defined as a short, allegorical story designed to illustrate or teach some truth, some religious principle or moral lesson. It's a statement or comment that conveys a meaning indirectly by the use of comparison, uh, analogy, or the like. So that's really what a parable is defined Uh, Truth can often be hidden within the parable. So it it causes people that who really want to understand to go deeper, to press in. And so there needs to be some perception, and they need to be perceptive to really know what Jesus was saying. Sometimes even discernment is involved. Uh, Parables, I believe, create a greater interest or hunger for people to go deeper with God. You know, I mean, some of, of the people in the crowd may have heard Jesus' parables, but if they didn't like Jesus, they didn't care to find out or inquire, you know, what is he really trying to convey? What is he really trying to talk about here? But I believe as we go deeper, we can discover truth in our lives, the truth of, of, of the word. Parables help us to relate spiritual matters uh, in a way that we can have a practical, practical application of them in this natural life. Parables bring spiritual truth to light so that they can be understood in our natural mind. A parable really is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, okay? Uh, in Matthew 13, 34, and you just hold your place there in Mark chapter 4, but I'll, I'll share this verse. Jesus said, all these things Jesus said 
Well, this is a comment about what Jesus said. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. So this was a means of how Jesus communicated truth. He really utilized the parable. So that's why it's important that we uh, become familiar with the parables and understand the truths they convey. In Mark chapter 4, verses 33 and 34, Again, uh, the scripture uh, affirms this. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Now, what was interesting about Jesus, and, and, and I, I have to learn this more and more because sometimes I want to share more than what people are able to hear or able to receive. And it's, it's really having some discernment when you're ministering to somebody, especially one-on-one, to know how far can I go in sharing with this person without really driving them away or, you know, we need to use some discernment. And sometimes people are going to be offended no matter what. I was accused many times of preaching at all my co-workers. And I'm thinking, they accuse me of preaching at them? I'd never preach that to that person. But sometimes your very life is a message and they feel convicted because of who you are in Christ. And so um, then it goes on to say here, I'll read this again, verse 33 and 34. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Verse 34, he did not speak to them without a parable. But notice this, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. So it was that private time where Jesus really got down to the nitty gritty and really kind of explained things to them so they could understand it better. And so if you're a disciple of Jesus, what is a disciple of Jesus? A disciple of Jesus is a disciplined follower where you have made the determination to forsake everything, to follow him, to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow him. And so for the disciple, Jesus will give you a full explanation so you can have an understanding, all right? And I trust I'm speaking to disciples here this morning And for that very reason, I believe God wants you to have a good, thorough understanding of the truths and the parables that he taught. Jesus told his disciples that not everyone would understand his parables. We see that. He was aware that some who heard his parables refused to understand them. They didn't want to understand them. It it wasn't that their hearts um, didn't have the intellect to comprehend. They didn't have the heart to hear. Um, they were close to what Jesus was saying. In fact, they had already made up their minds not to believe. They were looking to find fault, to be critical, to trap Jesus in his words so they could find accusation against him. And eventually, you know, the Pharisees of the day conspired for his death, and the religious leaders of his day conspired for his death. See, God reveals the secrets of his kingdom to the one who is teachable and humble, not to the one who's prideful and arrogant. See, pride and arrogance, it doesn't, it doesn't win favor with God. It doesn't go very far with understanding the truth of the kingdom. But when we come with a humble heart, with a humility, with an openness, and a, with a teachable spirit, then, then we, that gives us a great advantage because God's going to give us some downloads. And we're going to get some revelation of truth. Because, you see, we need the revelation of the truth in order to walk in the truth. Just to hear it is one thing. 
To believe it is another thing. But to have a revelation of it is an, even another thing on top of that. So uh, the parables of Jesus will enlighten us if we approach them with an open heart and open mind. They will impact our lives. And Jesus isn't about to go deeper with those who have no desire to go deeper with him. Okay. So last week we talked about the sower, and, uh, which is simply people's response to the word and the fruit it bears in their life, depending on the ground of the heart, the condition of the heart. And so you can get that on podcast, uh, listen to that if you weren't here last week. But let's look at the seed. This is found in Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. And, and let me just say this at this time. People are looking for significance. They're looking for significance. This parable we're talking about today is really a parable about significance. And, and, and I want you to know by the end of this message that you are significant to God. Amen. You really are. Uh, he doesn't just put up with you and tolerate you. He absolutely loves you. And you are significant to Him. Okay? So, uh, Let's pay attention to the word um, as we read this. Mark chapter 4, verse 30. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? So, pause right here for a moment. Jesus is making a comparison. Okay, what can we compare the kingdom of God to? Then he goes on to say, Or what parable shall we use for it? And see, I want to pause right there again. Understanding the kingdom of God is so important because there's a lot of people that have misconceptions of the kingdom of God. Uh, many people just say the kingdom of God is heaven, but it's more than heaven. The kingdom of God is God's influence upon this earth that's expressed through human hearts and minds. So for the kingdom of God to expand on this earth, guess what? It's going to be through you. It's going to be through me. Those who are following Jesus, God's kingdom can be expressed. His will can be done. His kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven in us, through the church, through you and me that call on his name. It goes on to say in verse 31, it's like a grain of mustard seed. Okay, I got lots of grains of mustard seed. I could, I could plant a whole forest of mustard plants with this whole garden or whatever. But um, it's like a, mustard, a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is like, or is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Verse 32, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make their nests in its shade. Now we also find this account in Matthew 13, 31 and 32, and also Luke 13, verses 18 and 19. Now let's talk about this parable. What is small and insignificant has great potential. This parable of Jesus that Jesus is addressing is addressing the potential in a person's life. It's about finding significance. It's about finding purpose in life and growing in faith, okay? So we see 
a comparison as well as growth potential. We see a comparison as well as growth potential. A grain of mustard seed demonstrates the power of the seed, which is the ability to reproduce after its kind. And so I, I think I, I might just be brave and bold here, and I'm going to pass this out, and I'm going to let you just put your hands and try to take one of these seeds. Maybe you'll get a couple. I know, oops, I just got about 50. Um, so we, uh, JJ vacuums the church, so he'll, he'll vacuum it. So just take a hold of one of them. That was only $2.30 at Trig, so not, not a big investment. Um, so now you probably can't see that I have a must. Oops, I had a mustard seed between my fingers. <laughs> I have a mustard seed between my fingers. It's, it's so small that my fingers actually conceal it, okay? Mustard seeds are the small seeds of various mustard plants. The seeds are usually about one to two millimeters in diameter, and they may be colored from yellowish white to black. Now, the mustard seed is actually used in this parable by Jesus as a model for the kingdom of God, which starts small, okay? but grows to be the biggest of all garden plants. In fact, this mustard seed, if planted, it has the potential to go up to 15 feet tall. Uh, that's a pretty, for a garden plant, that's pretty significant, okay? Um, in Jesus' day, now what's interesting about this, in Jesus' day, the mustard seed was considered a weak, unclean thing because it could be combined with a mixture of other plants. And uh, this was considered a violation of the Jewish customs, the rules of their cleanliness. And they weren't supposed to mix seeds. And, and so this, but yet, the unique thing about this seed is even when it would be planted, mixed with other seeds, the other seeds around it would not interfere with its growth and its development. It could still produce how it was created to produce. And it's interesting that even before Jesus' day, and it was known in the culture back then, that the mustard seed or the mustard plant was used for, it had healing properties. It was used for healing, okay? So the reference to the characteristics of the mustard seed is that the kingdom comes from God's rule through faith in the lives of those once considered unclean or insignificant. Because this was considered an insignificant seed in Jesus' day. This was considered unclean, and it really had little value, okay, uh, to the, the Jewish, you know, person and the nation of Israel. Um, now, faith's potential is addressed by comparing it to a mustard seed. If we exercise faith in God, even as small as that of a mustard seed, God can use us, even though what starts or seems to be insignificant, he can use us in a significant way. Bringing about what's insignificant to a place of greatness where we can see a great harvest. A mustard seed is also interesting. It can survive in adverse conditions. See, our faith should be like that of a mustard seed because no matter what the conditions that are around us, our faith will see us through. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. And as we, so 
Again, when we see the mustard seed, it's a comparison to the kingdom of God, which demonstrates the potential for growth. And if you've received the seed of the kingdom, what does that seed? Jesus is the incorruptible seed. The potential of your life cannot be measured. It's immeasurable of what God can do in and through you. Now, I've seen some of you are eating it. I'm sure that's okay to eat them. <laughs> All right. Um, you eating it or picking your nose? I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Strike that from the table. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes some of you should stand up here and, and observe from this vantage point. It's very interesting. Okay. So Jesus was asked a question. There was a time when uh, Jesus wasn't in the scene, and, and they come across this young child that was demon-possessed. And the disciples tried to cast this spirit out, and they were unsuccessful. When Jesus comes on the scene, he, he deals with the matter. But then he really talks to the disciples about their faith. And, and so they played with Jesus, increase our faith, okay? We, we need more faith here. And so notice what Luke 17, verses 5 and 6 tell us. It says, the apostles said to Jesus, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted into the sea, and it would obey you. So we see Jesus now again referring to the mustard seed in another application, okay? In Matthew 17, verse 20, the scripture reads, He said to them, because of your little faith, that's the reason why they couldn't cast out this spirit. Their faith hadn't reached a place where they could be confident to be able to deal with this demonic spirit and realizing that faith and fear are on opposite spectrums. Sometimes people are more in fear than faith. But when we get in faith, then fear has to leave, right? But in Matthew 17, 20, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. Faith like a grain of mustard seed? It can move a mountain? It, you know, it, and Jesus is, is speaking here, and I'm sure the disciples are saying, saying okay, moving mountains? We're talking about mountain, mountain moving faith that starts with just the mustard seed? See, that it, it all, we all have a place of beginning. And, and you, your faith might not be in a place where you can believe God for something huge, but you can believe God for something small. Because the Bible says in Romans 12, 3, that to everyone among you has been given the measure of faith. Each of you in Christ Jesus have received a measure of faith. Now, if a person does not know Jesus as the Lord and Savior, the faith they place in, in trusting Jesus will cause them to receive the gift of salvation. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But I want to talk about characteristics of a mustard seed. What's interesting about a mustard seed, the mustard seed is unique in that it has no shell. It's pure seed. And so the implication here is that the, your faith doesn't have to be cloaked in anything. It just needs to be pure. 
It needs to be genuine faith. And faith is really trusting God and his word that what he said is true. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is believing in what God has said more than what you see happening around you where you take God at his word. You believe him, you trust him, you rely upon him. You know, you have faith to be able to sit in those chairs today and have confidence that that chair is going to support your weight. That's really what the essence of faith is. It's, it's having confidence in what God said. And, and you've determined that it's true, okay, for your life. So now, another characteristic, characteristic of a mustard seed is it grows where other plants would be choked out, where they'd be withered because of lack of nutrients or where they'd be eaten by bugs, infested by disease. But the mustard seed thrives in those kind of conditions. Now, does your faith grow in difficult circumstances or in an impossible environment? Your faith can thrive in the most ugly situation. And, and sometimes people look at you, how can you be dealing with this so well? It's because of the faith of God that you're exercising and walking in. Now, when it is tested beyond endurance, that is your faith, does it turn a deaf ear or thrive? Because sometimes we, we need to shut out the voices of negativity. And, and really, hear, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. We hear the word. That, it's, faith doesn't come by having heard, past tense. It comes by hearing, present tense. So if you're listening to a bunch of junk all day, negativity, how is your faith going to grow? You need to be feeding on the word. You need to be feeding on the word. And, and now they have devices where it can speak it to you. So you can be driving and listening to the word. I love that. Amen. You can be doing other things. You can be getting ready to go to work. You can be listening to the word. Yes, it's wonderful. We can be feeding on the word. And I, I, I suggest you go a step further and you study it and dissect it and all that. But... As we bring this to a close, what can we learn from the parable of the mustard seed? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. What appears small and insignificant with man has great significance and potential with God. What appears small and insignificant with man has great significance and potential with God. Who would ever think that Jesus would talk about the value of a mustard seed? A very insignificant seed. See, the world may look at you and say, oh, you're not worth anything. You have no value. But God doesn't look at you that way. He looks at you with significance and seeing the potential of your life. Number two, God's kingdom is compared to a seed that has growth potential in your life. God's kingdom is compared to a seed that has growth potential in your life. Many times I've looked at myself, Lord, I, I, I can't do this. How can I be a pastor? How can I do all these things that you've called me to do? It's not me doing it. It's his kingdom. It's his influence. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. I've learned to rely upon him because I know that apart from him, I can do nothing. 
I will fail utterly without Jesus. And yet some, the world will look at you and say, oh, you're just weak because you need a, a crutch. Your religion is a crutch. And I tell you something that Jesus is more than just a crutch to me. He is my life support system. I rely upon him. I trust him. In him I live and move and have my being. Then number three, your faith potential is capable of moving mountains. So what mountain are you facing right now? Is it debt? Is it lack? Is it sickness? Is it a relational thing, a relationship gone bad? What mountain are you facing that's in the way of the victory that God's promised you? Hebrews 11.6 tells us, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's impossible to please him without faith. I want to say, but it's possible to please him with faith. Because you know, Jesus looked and he marveled at people's faith. He took note, wow. And according to your faith, be done unto you. He spoke that time and time again in the Gospels. And it goes on to say, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So faith is essentially what we see here is believing that God exists. And not just that he exists, but that he wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do something for you. He wants to be involved in your life. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.